So I put out this survey and I said, if you were going to be part of a Squadcast community, what would that look like? And I had people answer a bunch of yes or no questions, a bunch of multiple choice. And I tried to figure out what people wanted out of this before I made it for them. There are already so many communities out there that people can be a part of. What makes you want to be part of something else? You're listening to Companies and Communities, a podcast that focuses on community building as a way to help build resilient, powerful brands. In each episode, we'll uncover how business leaders and marketers are innovating around the concept of community to drive growth. And you'll learn how you can start, grow, and build a community of advocates around your brand. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Companies and Community. I'm your host, Chantelle Marcel. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Motion, an agency that helps busy B2B tech marketers launch podcasts. So today our guest is Ariel Nissenblatt, and I'm actually going to hand you the mic so that you can do a quick intro and tell us more about yourself. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. My name is Ariel, and I am the community manager at Squadcast, which is a remote content production platform. I am also the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective, which is a podcast recommendation newsletter and podcast. And I have just been involved in the podcast space for four and a half years. I am obsessed with staying on top of what's going on here and really like to build community in the space. So I'm excited to talk about that. That's awesome. And I mean... It was really amazing getting a chance to talk to you since I actually use Squadcast for this podcast production. So I was like, yes, I'm like a a happy customer. Yay. We're using it right now. (laughs) (laughs) What a plug. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about why you got into community in the first place. What appealed to you there? Yeah, I have been building community for a long time. I've actually answered this question a few times lately because I recently finished being part of the first cohort at On Deck for their Community Builders Fellowship. And that's really the first time that I kind of solidified what it means to be a community builder because beforehand I had been building community but didn't really know that I was building community. And it all started, it all kind of harkens back to growing up in a relatively observant Jewish household. Every Friday night, we would have Shabbat dinner and we would have family friends join us every Friday night, family friends or family. And around the dinner table, it was good food, good conversation. And it felt like a safe space. And I did not realize how impactful that was on me growing up. And when I left my parents' house for college, I hosted my own Friday night dinners, whether they were Jewish in nature or not. I knew this ritual of coming together was important to me, and it was helpful for other people, too. And I carried that with me since I graduated from college seven years ago. I host dinners on Friday nights. I host uh, storytelling shows every night of the week. Not every night of the week. I host storytelling (laughs) shows throughout the week. I host trivia nights. I really just like bringing people together. And um, when I saw that Squadcast was hiring for a community manager, I'd never held a title before called community manager or community associate or anything, but I had been building community. And given the opportunity to officially build community within Squadcast, I felt prepared. And then doing this on-deck fellowship solidified that even further. You know, it's interesting because like... Like you were mentioning, a lot of us had community, our first community experiences offline with dinners or making networking connections or whatever. And then this past year, 
the virtual aspect has really blown up in a huge way. I guess, what are some of your experiences with shifting to focusing solely on the virtual space? Yeah. So before the virtual space, I, in Los Angeles, I'm now in New York, but I was in LA for four years. And that's really where I got exposed to the podcast industry by listening to podcasts and by interacting with podcasts and audio people, whether it was at NPR West or it was attending book clubs held by Neon Hum Media in downtown Los Angeles. I also would bring together people who loved podcasts to do storytelling shows, and we would bring them up onto the stage to tell five-minute tales on the theme of listening, kind of to tie it back to podcast listening. I even did networking events where I just brought people together to meet each other and talk about what they were having success in with their podcasts or where they needed some help. And when the pandemic hit, my response was, people probably need a minute. So yes, they want to collaborate online. Yes, they want to connect online. But my, my instinct there was not, let's bring them together to talk about podcasts. It's let's bring them together to do anything social together. Because at the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic, it was just a scary time. So I used podcast technology. I used CastBox's live podcasting feature to host trivia nights where people could type in their answers and then call in to uh, respond to a bonus question and things like that. So that's kind of, that was my initial reaction was these people who are podcast related are going to keep doing their podcasts. Hopefully they're going to switch to a remote recording platform, but they also need a minute to just kind of come together and be with each other, not necessarily to talk about their podcasts. So that that's kind of how the beginning of the pandemic shifted for me. And when it comes to Squadcast, I joined the Squadcast team last August, which was about five months after the, the pandemic began. And I wanted eventually to have in-person networking events for Squadcasters. And it's finally looking like we're going to put something on the calendar for July or August in person mm -hmm. in New York, maybe in the Bay Area as well. But in the meantime, we have a really robust Slack community where people who are squadcasters will ask questions. They'll do some self-promo. They'll amplify some social posts. They will ask for guest swaps and other opportunities like that. And this Slack channel is really our main gathering place. And then we also meet on Clubhouse every Friday for a one-hour discussion of essentially what's in the Slack channel, but this time you can really bounce ideas off of each other in real time. We also do twice a month what we call squad podits, which are squad pod audits. So I will listen through to somebody's podcast, usually their most recent few episodes, and I will essentially have a consultation with them, but it's open to everybody. So it's an opportunity mm -hmm. for people to learn from each other. So those are free with your participation in the squad pod community. We have those about twice a month. And then we also give squadcasters an opportunity to meet our co-founders once a month-ish to hear what's going on behind the scenes in the squadcast world. So you basically like had have a ton of best practices there in all of the different things that you guys are doing. So I guess to unpack that, Let's start with the the last thing that you mentioned. You make the the founders available to meet with the community. Do you think that that's something that enhances all brand communities? Is that something having that direct connection to the founder, the the top executives? Yeah, I think a big 
thing that sets us apart from our competition is that our CEO and CFO are both the co-founders, Zach and Rock, and they are extremely accessible. They are they really care about each individual's experience. Obviously, they can't be everywhere at once, but if they hear that somebody had an issue with the platform, they are genuinely, they feel something, you know, they're not like, oh, that's just one person out of many. They're like, okay, what can we do to make that person's experience better the next time they sign on? And part of that is hearing from SquadPod, the people who have elected to become part of this Slack channel that gives them access further. It's open to everybody who's a Squadcaster. It just depends, you know, we do have an application to fill out, which essentially asks how, how much time you can put into this community, what you want to gain from this community, what you can give to this community and why community is important to you as a podcaster. So the only barrier there is if you answer, if, if I ask a question like, why is community important to you? And you say, yes, you're probably a bot or you're not reading <laughs> and you probably don't actually want to be part of this community. So um, we really like it to be a high quality space where people can come together. And I think having access to our team, we also make our engineers available to do walkthroughs of upgrades that are soon to launch. We also have our marketing manager talk about some of her tactics. I think having that as, a, as an opportunity for squad potters is definitely something that draws people to want to be part of this group. So was the team at Squadcast already like very community minded or did it take any convincing on your end? Because I've worked with companies where it's like dragging, you know, their feet if you ask them to participate in that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's funny. We actually hired Squadcast hired a community manager before they hired a marketing manager. (laughs) And I think to a certain extent, it was because I do have a lot of podcast marketing experience. So I could help out with some of those aspects in addition to running the community. But I think it also speaks to the forward thinking nature that Zach and Rock, the co-founders of Squadcast, have and our board, which is very community oriented. Esprit Devora, who was the face of Clubhouse pretty early on, if you have seen their icons, it's a different community member. She is very tapped into the podcast space, very tapped into the tech space. She is a board member. She's on the board of advisors for Squadcast. And I know she was a big part in saying, community is the future. You got to jump on this now. Same with Harry Duran, who runs Podcast Junkies and Fullcast. He also was involved with On Deck. And on deck is also very community oriented and pretty early on has been making a bet on community. And so we decided as Squadcast to do the same thing. So you mentioned Clubhouse a few times. They've had, I guess, an interesting history over the past year, sort of up and down as a community space. Uh, there was even some talk for a little bit about them replacing podcast. I guess, how does Clubhouse fit into your community strategy at Squadcast? Yeah, we have been using it since December. We've been having weekly discussions on Clubhouse since December. It's interesting looking back to January when it was pretty easy to get 100 people in a room, and now it is not like that. And whether that's because of changing algorithms or because fewer podcast-focused people are on the app, I don't know. But we definitely know that there are people on Clubhouse now who are podcasters, So we try to meet them where they are. We also like to meet there every Friday for not a closed group. It's open to everybody. It's open to more than just people who are a part of our squad pod community. 
but we use it as an opportunity to bring all of them up on stage and we don't really treat it like a stage attendee experience. We really just, everybody has their microphones open the whole time and is welcome to blurt out whatever they feel. So we really, we kind of use it as like a, as if we were sitting in a circle in a community room in a hotel. Yeah. That was one of the things that I enjoyed most about clubhouse when it was kind of that, like, like a gathering almost, almost like a virtual just meetup room and you guys could talk casually, even with people you'd never met before. Has it helped you grow your audience any? I don't think so directly. I think to a certain extent, we've met a few people who were on the fence about whether to use Squadcast or a competitor, and we've given them our voice and they've heard from other people who use Squadcast and that's maybe helped them make their decision a few here and there. But I think for the most part, it allows us to meet with people who are already using Squadcast and it solidifies why they would be using this because they have access to the people who are behind the app. You also mentioned Slack a few times, which became huge uh, in the community space during the pandemic. What are some other platforms or spaces that you find really beneficial for like community for Squadcast? So when I was at On Deck, one of the big principles was tech, was what apps exist out there, what websites exist, what platforms that will help communities gather. And I heard of and experienced a few of them, like Butter, Run the World, what else? There are a bunch of these different apps that I used as an attendee, but I did not spearhead and I did not bring them over to my community because what we're finding is because our community started on Facebook, before I started at Squadcast, there were a few Facebook groups associated with Squadcast. And we found that those, the people who were on Squadcast's Facebook groups were not so apt to use another app in order to stay part of our community. So we really tried to meet them where they were. And even Slack, to a certain extent, was a bit of a push. Even now, it's we, we find that we to a certain extent, have to incentivize people to want to stay on Slack. Uh, And it's pretty easy if they don't download the app for them to not get the notifications and then forget about it completely. So we really stick with Facebook groups, Slack, we meet on Zoom, and Clubhouse. And it could be somewhere down the line that we either create our own gathering place within Squadcast. Right now, we just revealed that There can be up to 10 people in a room in Squadcast. That doesn't quite work for us yet, but it could be that down the line we open that up and then we can use it as our own community gathering platform. So how would you incentivize people to come to a different platform if you were like starting up something new? How did you get people to come to Slack and then stay on Slack? Yeah. So before we launched our Slack community, what I did, what I started doing is posting in our weekly newsletter and on our Facebook groups that we were building this community. So I put out this survey and I said, if you were going to be part of a Squadcast community, what would that look like? And I had people answer a bunch of yes or no questions, a bunch of multiple choice. And I tried to figure out what people wanted out of this before I made it for them. Because mm-hmm. I know I learned while at On Deck that There are already so many communities out there that people can be a part of. What makes you want to be part of something else? What what makes you want to join yet another community? And so I wanted to ask people what they wanted out of that. So after I got responses back from that initial survey, I had a meeting with all of the people who 
responded positively to that survey. We met in uh, Google Meets and there were 50 people who attended. And then we had another listening session where I said, okay, the floor is open. What do you want from this community? So I essentially had them reiterate what they said in this Google form, but now live in person and with the community that they would eventually be a part of. And it was a really fruitful discussion where we then decided that we wanted to meet on Slack. We wanted to meet on Zoom and we wanted to, so Slack was gonna be async. Then we would meet on Zoom once or twice a month for meetings. And then we would meet on Clubhouse. And those once or twice a month meetings on Zoom, we're going to include the squad podits that I mentioned, and then also just general community discussion. So we decided, along with the rest of the group, where we wanted to meet and be together online. So something that always comes up in marketing is quantifying the success and tying everything back to numbers, especially revenue. How are you quantifying success? What sort of data do you include in reports? Yeah, that's a really great question. And that's actually one of the questions that I set out to answer when I started my on-deck fellowship was how do you measure the success of a community? And I think the way we do that, it's hard because people being active in Slack doesn't necessarily mean that they are happy with Squadcast. You know, people attending our Zoom events doesn't necessarily mean revenue. You know, they could be dropping off of Squadcast and not telling us, but still utilizing the benefits or still benefiting from being a part of this community. So we are interested in people filling out our survey that they're interested in community. That means that they are within our drip campaign, essentially. Uh, They found us either on our newsletter, they found us on Facebook, they applied. And then do they make it to our Slack community? Lovely. That means means they're in. That means they have passed all of the checkpoints in order to get there, which means to a certain (laughs) extent, they are committed to Squadcast. And um, we just try to check in with everybody. We have some automated systems that will send messages to people who haven't replied in the Slack group for a while. And we like to find out what's going on. Do they need help with Slack? Things like that. So I had spoken to David Spinks uh, a while back, and he's uh, a leader on community building as well. And I'd ask him, you know, where does community live? And you kind of touched on this. You said that community came first for Squadcast, and then it was marketing. So how do you think companies should decide where that should live? And what are the distinctions between community and marketing? Because it does like... yeah it links in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. So we, right now, community is its own department uh, within Squadcast. And there there are definitely crossovers between community and marketing. I think the way we like to see it is whenever I create an event, uh, we use Crowdcast to run events. I guess that's another tool that we use um, to run live streamed events. That's where we source ideas what kind of events do they want to see? Do they want best interviewing techniques events? Do they want improv for podcasters? Do they want a squad cast check-in from Zach and Rock? That's where we get our ideas for that. And then we put the information onto Crowdcast and then the marketing team takes over. That's when they say, okay, how are we going to get people to this beyond just the community team? How is this event going to help us reach new customers potentially? So I think the ideas are generated from community and then they are expounded upon from marketing. 
That makes sense. I guess as a final question, what, and I know you've mentioned Squadcast and, and On Deck, and those are two of the best community-minded um, companies or brands right now. If you had to pick maybe another few companies that you would say are doing community really well, which ones would you bring up as like a model? Yeah, that's a great question. The Black Pod Collective led by Ana Agogo is amazing. She she makes herself very available on Clubhouse. They have all of these networking opportunities, all of these opportunities to grow your podcast. There are both events that take place virtually and there are asynchronous ways to connect and learn from them. They have a really robust newsletter. So definitely want to shout them out. And then Buzzsprout is another one. These are both in the podcast space, but Buzzsprout is a podcast hosting platform that in addition to having a great user experience, they make incredible YouTube videos and their head of, I think he's marketing, Albin, but Albin Brook is really accessible and smart and gives opportunities for people who use Buzzsprout to amplify their content. And I think that's what people are looking for in the podcast space right now, especially indie podcasters. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know it took us a while to actually sync up. So it was so good to speak with you and get to pick your brain on some of this. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's fun to lay all of this out and hear (laughs) hear what has been in my brain for so long come out. It came out perfectly. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Companies and Communities. If you like what you just heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Companies and Communities is a show brought to you by Motion. Motion is a done-for-you podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers. We do the podcast stuff so you can focus on strategy, building brand awareness, and developing new relationships. To learn more about how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, check out motionagency.io.